Welcome to a special edition Poker Guys podcast. We're going to be talking about all things World Series of Poker because the World Series is right around the corner. We're going to talk about a bunch of crap related to it, basically, right now on Not the Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. You're just gonna, you're just gonna sit I got there. nothing to say. Okay, because you just really wanted to do a breakdown and you're upset? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. We aren't talking about hands? Nope. Well, we might talk about a few hands that have happened in our lives because we're going to mm. talk about a few things. We're going to talk about prepping for the World Series, being at the World Series, some stories that we've had from mm. the World Series, all things World Series. That sounds pretty good when you say it like that. Yeah, it's, it's like good. a World Series preview yeah, in some ways. Yeah, it's, sort of. That might be what the podcast is called. We're not sure yet. Yeah. Yeah, for those okay. of you jonesing for a breakdown, there will be a video breakdown that came out today. Just won't come along with the podcast. Yeah. So go on the YouTubes and check that out. By the way, for those of you jonesing for a breakdown, there's a way to get a lot of breakdowns. Oh, in your there life. is a way to get a lot of breakdown podcasts right now. And that's uh that's by going to Selfie and typing the poker guys. And Selfie is S E L L F Y. Yeah. And type the poker guys in. We're selling all of our podcast archives from May 2014 until early 2017. It's 137 breakdowns. It's 90 hours worth of breakdowns. How much are we selling that for? That's $99. $99. Yeah, you get 90 hours for $99. Seems like a pretty good deal. I mean, that's a pretty good deal. I just saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and enjoyed it very much, but it was like 13 bucks for two hours. Right. So this is a better deal than that. You can also buy individual podcasts. We're not sure if that's all up on there yet. We know for sure we're selling that entire archive you can also go to our website thepokerguys.net and there's a little button on the home page it uh, directs you to sell five for the 99 dollars purchase yeah so if you're interested i mean a lot of people have been asking us for our archives previous to the stuff that's currently on soundcloud which is from this year right and onward and that wasn't something we meant to do honestly we had to switch over and we couldn't bring our stuff with us it's a long story no one wants to hear it but this is a way to Give that back to the masses at what we feel is a really, really cheap price if you like the breakdown. If you like it, it's it's all there. It's all downloaded for you. It's 2.62 gigabytes. Yep. And if you want individual episodes, they will eventually all be up there as well. So you can buy them individually for a buck fifty each. Yeah. Your call. But if you just want a lot of them, you might as well just get the whole package, honestly. Right. There will be some deal. other fun packages, too. We're not sure if those are up there yet either. But yeah. we're going to have, like, Jonathan's favorite hands, Grant's favorite hands. I'm going to call mine Jonathan's Lemonade because it's going to be a little bit sweet, a little bit tart. Lemonade is something you might want if you're at the World Series of Poker this year. It might be. So perfect. You're yeah. going to want Jonathan's Lemonade. <laughs> That's how you got to say it, too. Right. So uh, what do you want to talk about? Let's talk about the World Series right. of Poker. Cool. Um, why don't we start with the biggest news yeah, let's do that. coming out, which is, in case you haven't heard, ESPN and Poker Central made an announcement that Poker Central has acquired the rights to the World Series of Poker. And what that means is instead of the old format where we got, what, two episodes a week, essentially, from ESPN that were about an hour, hour and a half each. Yeah. We're going to be getting, once the main event starts, from day 1A, all day live streaming on ESPN and Poker Central. Right, on both, simultaneously. Is that true? I think so. I, I thought it was different, actually. I thought ESPN was doing a number of hours, and then Poker Central Oh, that might gonna... be how it is. But anyway, it's like full 14 hours a day of yes. streaming of the main event. And I think ESPN is still going to do the version that they've always done, where they do post-production episodes they, later. They must, right? Yeah. Surely they will. Because the masses aren't really going to tune in for, for all of the live streaming, right? That's not how ESPN gets the numbers. I got to tell you, I sort of can't believe they're doing this. I'm yeah, excited. I, I'm glad, but it's sort of shocking to me because they tried this once. They never did it again. That must have been because it wasn't such a big hit. I'm, I'm curious as to why 
maybe Poker Central is paying, footing some of the bill, and so they're saying, like, we feel like we can use this in different ways. Well, I, I think know. the culture has changed in the high levels of the poker community, at least since since they tried it last. When they tried maybe. it last, like 2010 or something? Ben Lamb, whatever year that was, yeah, 2011. So something around there. Now, live streaming poker tournaments are far more ubiquitous, yeah. and you can find them on the internet all the time. So, Twitch. So a lot of the more modernized poker players are more used to that being a medium in which they indulge in their poker fantasies also right? yeah watching people play games on the internet streaming is very normal now yeah. very very like, people do it all the time so yeah maybe they just feel like it's time right so what do you think this means in a couple ways does this mean good things for poker is this a desperate shot in the dark for failing espn what's going on i think it's mostly a desperate shot in the dark for failing poker central honestly and failing espn um espn not failing yet they're going to be failing in a few years uh because of their rights fees that they yeah. owe but right now, they're still making money, at least. Yeah. They're not doing great. I can't imagine this is going to be a big win for ESPN. I think, if anything, they're probably excited to have someone uh, taking on some of the cost. That yeah. may be one of the reasons why they made this deal, is they don't have to spend as much on it. That's, That's the best, possible. That's the best guess I have. It's an amazing boon for people who love watching poker. Oh, yeah. It's great. I'm assuming we're going to get whole card cams, because if we don't get whole card cams, then what are we the, doing? What's the point? Then? That would be the worst. Oh, man. Everybody's going to be in an uproar if there aren't whole cards. Yeah. yeah. No one's going to care, right? Right. I mean, oh, so brutal. Yeah. You can do it the way they did it. The way they did it during the blend lamb year was they didn't show you the whole card till the hand was completely over as a way to sort of even with the delay and all that they wanted to make sure because people can tank for so long that there would be no chance of anyone being able to relay any kind of information so they wait till the hands completed well they and just, then they would show you the whoever's still in play the whole cards i mean they could have a 30 minute delay and have a maximum tank time of 15 minutes i mean nobody's going to go beyond 15 minutes right um, it's possible there could be a hand where there could be so many decisions that it could go longer. I mean, it's happened at the World Series. Yeah. Where, so it's very unlikely, but why not just do it the way they then do it? Then an hour delay, how about? Yeah, that, that would work for yeah. sure. I mean, if they don't do whole cards immediately, I think it's a big mistake to Me retry too. the same thing they did and it failed. And a big reason it failed probably was because you couldn't immediately see the whole cards. Like, I agree. The general public wants to know right away what people have. I mean, it is interesting from a poker guys doing breakdown type of point of view to watch it without seeing the whole cards and be guessing what it is. Sure. But all you're really doing is watching people move chips around when you don't you don't have any context for are they bluffing, are they not, you know, what kind of range. You can you can put people on so, some ranges still. Sure. But it's not the same when you don't have your own hand in front of you. If even if we could only see one hand, it would really change the way you'd watch the whole thing. But seeing neither I hand mean, is even, brutal. Even with no hands, you and I and a lot of you who are listening could could make good guesses as to what's going on. Sure. But they want to capture a wider swath of the public. Of course. Of and course. those people are just have, gonna be like, I don't know what's going yeah. I I want to see the cards. Yeah. Yeah. When this happens last time i actually dvr'd all the coverage and watched all of it now it started i think on day four last time it didn't start on day one a so it wasn't as difficult to do it was like who was doing the commentary last time antonio norman chad i think lon mccarran was there they switched in and out though um i believe david tuckman was doing some of it too because it was just too many hours for one group to do um maybe olivier bousquet was in a little bit um as color guy i can't remember exactly anymore i'm pretty sure tuckman was involved though yeah, I'm going to guess Tuckman's going to do a lot of it this year. Yeah, I got to believe so. Right. If not, the poker guys. Right. We so, haven't heard from them yet, but I'm sure that's that call's coming. Ultimately, do you think this is going to be good for poker, or do you think it's just going to be nothing and not matter? Um, I predict two years from now this will not be continuing. Okay. What do you think? I think that's probably right. So do I think you, it's going to fail. Do you think in general the World Series of Poker will not be on ESPN in two years, five years, some amount of time? I think the the World Series of Poker will continue to be on TV. I think it does draw an audience still. And 
while there are lots of things that you know draw some audience, ESPN may be failing, but they're not failing because of the World Series of Poker. No, like no, the World Series of Poker is doing fine. The nature of technology. Yes, right. Yeah. Like the World Series of Poker, they do more episodes than they used to do. You know, like last year, the last two or three years, they've done multiple episodes a week instead of just one hour long episode a week. You know, they're spending more time on it. They're doing the full on live stream final table now, which they didn't used to do the last yeah. few years. Um, they've stuck with that, so they feel like that's a success anyway. It was great until heads up last year. <laughs> yeah, live stream was, final thing. Then it was brutal. That was oh man, I would have just gone to bed. But we had promised to live tweet to the very end, and damn it, if we're not a follow througher type, yeah, apparently entity. So anyway, so that that's the news with that, and uh, I don't have anything more to say about that. Do you? No, I'm happy it's happening. Me I'm too. Glad, I'm glad they're taking a shot on it. I mean, I I agree with you. I don't think it's likely to become a yearly thing maybe we'll do it one more year but it feels like it's not gonna keep going it'll probably die on the vine but i'm glad they're taking a shot and trying it and for the time that they do it it's probably going to be great for all of us people who really care about poker and want to see that stuff yeah 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 all right let's move on okay let's do world series memories like favorite world series memory that you have and or, i mean like or the... least favorite maybe okay sure right okay um all right, so, I know what your least favorite World Series memory Yeah, that's is, a funny story. You though, should right? tell that story. All right, I'll tell this story. This is not a not a fun story exactly. For some reason... Oh, it's fun. <laughs> uh, so I've played the... They've changed the name of it a couple times. What I call it is the Mix Max. So I play mm-hmm. the $1,500 Max tournament, which is a four-day tournament. It's The first day is full ring nine-handed. If you make it to day two, you switch to six-handed tables. Uh, day three goes to four-handed tables, and day four is a 32-player heads-up tournament. So it's a really cool format. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of sharks in it. It's a little tough tournament. But I like playing it. I've played it twice, at least, maybe three times. So anyway, the first time I played it, back when blinds were 25-25 to start, uh, <laughs> this is just basically a hand that I'm going to tell you guys. That's fine. It's the worst bad beat of my life, basically, uh, <laughs> because of the amount of chip EV that was involved. It was 25-25. I had done very well so far. You started with 4,500 chips at the time, and I was up to 14K. There was another guy who had done very well up to then. Didn't seem like the greatest player. He was at 12K, and he was under the gun in the full ring. He opened to 75, which is totally standard and normal at 25-25 in the World Series. He got four callers. I was in the big blind with two aces. I made it 475. (laughs) He was the only caller. Yeah. Uh, Again, the effective stack is 12,000. And we're at twenty five twenty five. So, so huge. Enormous um, stacks. Enormous. Four hundred and fifty blinds. Yes. Yes. More. Sorry. Yeah. Almost five hundred blinds. Right. So he's the only caller. I have two aces. We're going to the flop. Okay. The flop is ten ten eight. Okay. It's, yeah. I mean the ten pairing is not great, but he called four seventy five. He usually has a pair. Yeah. Right? So I bet six hundred. He goes all in for his remaining Eleven thousand five hundred. Yeah, I'm like this guy never has a ten. He never would play eights full like this. Right. I call. He has two jacks. <laughs> Jack on the turn. <laughs> I'm down to two k. It's over. It was a over a one thousand big blind pot. I would have had a day two stack right away. <laughs> <laughs> that is that's it's pretty such tough. a bad play to move in with the jacks. I still remember when you came up to me and you're like, I just busted. I was like, yeah, you know, and you're like, you won't believe what happened. <laughs> I was like, I don't really care. You're like, no, no, no. I'm telling you this one. Yeah, that's a bad one. That's yeah. a tough one. The next hand, I got queens, by the way, and another guy had kings, and that was out of the tournament. Well, yeah. So be it. Um, <laughs> this is what happens in poker. So my, I have stories that are not unhappy stories. Well, happy stories are good, too. I have yeah. some of those as well. Let's hear one, some of yours. Um, two things that come to mind really quickly. One is, so it's playing Rio Sittengos. 
like $200, $500, whatever, $300 sit and goes. And the way it works is it's winner take all. And uh, usually, though, when you get down to two or three players, there's a chop of sure. some sort or another. Not always, but usually. So I was in Vegas that year, uh, and I played the first 11 of them I played, I whiffed on. That's a lot. And three of them in a row, I went on my first hand. I remember that. <laughs> Uh, one time I bluffed. One time I had Ace King, and the guy called a huge shove preflop with deuces. <laughs> I don't remember the third one anymore. But anyway, so I, I so I was zero for eleven and starting to think like maybe I should play cash games. This is a lot of money now, and like whatever. And uh, and I played one, and I think we got heads up and we chopped. Then I played the next one, and we got heads up and we chopped. Then I played the next one, I think we got heads up and we chopped. And often we chopped to favorable. Favorably for me, and I was up like forty six hundred dollars on the day, and I like was immediately like profitable for the whole for my trip just on that one day. And I went to like a, a really nice Asian restaurant and ate like a really good meal and was very happy. <laughs> that's your best story. <laughs> no, that's just that's just one of my happy memories. Another really happy memory is uh, being so nervous about playing the main event for the first time that I uh, I couldn't sleep the night before. Nervous isn't exactly the right word. I often can't sleep before big things, and it's not really nervous. My head is just like going, not like yeah. anxiety. But, um, but I couldn't sleep, and I was really upset with myself because I thought I had ruined my chance at having a good main event. And I breezed through day one. Uh, I finished the day with an average stack because I bluffed off a bunch of it on the last hand of the night. Nice, nice. Well done. <laughs> it was a good try. Um, I mean, you know, I bluffed like a third of it. It was fine. But I had an average stack going into day two, and I, was just, I had like three days off, too, because I played day one. And I was so excited. You know, it just like felt amazing to be like, I'm making day two of the main event, baby. You know, it was it was incredible. That that is one of my happiest memories from poker. But then day two didn't go so well. I flopped, you know, top top with the nut flush draw and got it in and lost. What's wrong with you? Why you just call? I did you call. Did, I called. You don't the have... guy shoved on me. I called. What do you why want me to do? You, why don't you fold? I see bet and then, <laughs> and then he shoved. I see bet like two thousand. He shoved twenty thousand at me. I'm like, I call. Yeah, you can't really fold that hand. He had a set of sixes. I made my nut flush. Oh, you made the boat. But I lost. <laughs> so I, the sick. good news was the way the, the board paired in such a way that I had outs. Like you even the, had the boat blocker, dude, and you still lost. I know. So sick. It's crazy. It's not fair. It's not. <laughs> it was too bad. But anyway, yeah. he, was, he was a nice guy at least. Uh, here's another fun memory from the World Series. So for those of you who have considered purchasing our Selfie archives, you'll know that for three or four of the very earliest podcasts, back when we were trying to figure it out, there was a third guy on the podcast. That's right. His name was Robert Brewer. It still is. He's still <laughs> he's still with us. Even if he wasn't, his name would still be Robert yeah, Brewer. Yeah, his name was Robert Brewer. His name is yeah. Robert Brewer. Yeah, you get the joke. It's Fight Club. Fight but moving Club. on. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so he was on our first podcast. He was on like the fifth and the seventh one, something like that. Um, but he's a very good friend of mine, college roommate of mine. And uh, back the first time that that either of us went to the World Series of Poker, me or Robert, uh, he final tabled a $1,500 event. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Just a normal $1,500 no-limit event. But the thing that, that sucked so much for him was with 15 players left, he was the overwhelming chip leader. Not overwhelming. He was just the chip he leader. He was just the chip leader. And uh, he got in like a 60-blind all-in preflop pot with queens against ace-queen and lost that. The guy rivered an ace. Yeah, guy yeah. rivered an ace. And then... And I had 5% of him, by the way. That's so right. this was all very painful. Here, here's the other thing, by the way. We already had a bet that if, if Robbie won the event, we had made this before, and I would have to shave my head for a year. No, no. no you would have to not shave for I'd a year. I'd have to not shave for a year. It's worse. And um, I, I would have been... Oh. And you didn't have a percentage. And I didn't have a percentage, so I was kind of rooting against him winning. Right. I was rooting <laughs> for him winning. So then, so that happened, and it knocked him down. He had 15 blinds. He made the final table. He had 15 blinds going into the final table. 
then ends up on like the fifth hand getting it all in against Motion Sharanya with yeah. two tens against King Queen and losing. Sharanya turned to Queen. Yeah, I think. and so Robbie got like thirty two K instead of the first place of four hundred and fifty K and it kind of hurt me a lot because I had five percent of him. Yeah, you were not as thrilled about that. Yeah. You still did okay. Still did okay. I Just was okay. uh very drunk on the rail with, with our friend Mitchell Towner. That's right. Who, who did win the monster stack last year. Yeah. So our friends do really well in the World Series. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's pretty cool. My friends that I've brought to you, in fact. Okay, my well, friend, well, my actually, friend who's won three bracelets. How about him? Yeah, he's pretty. He's good. done okay. He's done okay. Just checking. Yeah, who's that? Matt Matros. Phil Ivy. Oh, Phil Ivy. No, it's not Matt as Matros. cool as Phil Ivy. Um. So yeah, I mean, there's many, many other moments and events that I'm sure we've like thought of, you know, experienced in the World Series, both highs and lows. But um, something else I wanted to ask you, Grant. Yeah. Is so the World Series is coming up. I know for myself, I uh, I haven't played nearly that much poker this year that I had played in the past, right? I've been really focused on Poker Guys stuff, right. like videos and things like that. You've been playing a little bit more than me. Mm-hmm. Are you, because I know I am going to do this, but are you doing any kind of prep or extra work or anything at all going into the World Series? No. The answer is no. Yeah. People ask me that question a lot, actually. Like, hmm. do you do any sort of special preparation for the World Series of Poker? No. I don't. Yeah. I mean, the preparation is getting yourself set up well for when you're there. You don't want to be in a crappy situation when you're there, like in a crappy hotel, like finding it hard to get around and stuff like that. Just adds a lot of unnecessary sure. stress. Sure. That's true. Are you, so what are you doing? Um, I'm just going to play poker, a f- like live poker, a fair amount over the next few weeks, really. That's mostly what I'm doing. I also am going to do a little bit of study, I think. Okay. Um, so I'm going to study some... Uh, some like GTO like three and four betting range stuff to like see see where I can expand uh, my three and four betting ranges a little bit so I can be a little bit you know steal a little bit more make everyone's life a little harder that's my big plan making making other people's lives harder that's uh yeah that's the life of a poker professional it is isn't it yeah I, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday another poker pro who you know who we saw a movie with in fact that oh guy. that fella yeah and uh, he was showing me some work he was doing about pot size and so he basically made a, a list of like what the like if he bets if he does a normal pre-flop raise and then he c bets all three streets yeah what the pot size will be at the end um if you size it differently depending on how you size it on the street so like if you're betting half pot each time what that equals versus if you're betting one and a half pot each time what that equals one and a half pot yeah Who's betting one and a half pot? Each well, time? Us- usually you're not, right? But it's but it's sort of interesting because like one and a half pot, if you get called all three times, you make seven times as much than if you go half pot each time. So all you need is someone who might be a little fishy. You don't need it to work very often for huh. it to be really worth it, you know. So like yeah, it's like that made me think like maybe I'm not sizing as well. Like maybe you can be much more exploitative in your sizing against at least a bunch of people. It's hard to find spots in tournaments where you can actually bet one and a half pot for three streets though. I agree. Really, really in cash hard. games that that could work. Even in cash games, it's yeah. tough really. But um, I agree with you. It's really hard to do um, successfully. Right. right. Um, but you know, sometimes, sometimes it looks like someone has a really big hand and you know, rather than betting half pot, betting one and a half pot twice I mean, it's hard to get called by that, though. And usually right. they're going to raise you anyway, right, if you bet half pot. So I don't know. All right. So I thought it was I, interesting. Let's make some recommendations for the listeners who are mm. going to be heading to the World Series of Poker. Okay. Who maybe have not liked how they did it in the past or are going for the first time. Like, what are some, some key things to keep in mind when booking your trip and all of this type of stuff? Wow, that's an interesting thing yeah. to bring up. Key things to keep in mind. Okay. Well, here's something. Uh, you want to 
buy in for your World Series event the night before. Oh yeah, not the not the morning of or the uh, when when you're about to go play because that's when the lines are crazy. Yeah, the night before is usually not a problem. You went in last year or two years ago for the Monster Stack, and even that was okay. Right? Yeah, for the, the night, night before. before. Yeah, yeah. So which is crazy to me actually. Right. I remember the the first year of the Monster well, Stack. They, it, it was a complete crap show the yeah. first year. They didn't do it right. Yeah, but yeah. so. So, like, that is a really big deal. Try and always buy into your World Series events at least a day early, and then it's easy. Right. Otherwise, it's, you're just going to miss an hour. And I'd say I think the biggest key for me is if you're going to be staying for any longer than six days or so, yeah. you're going to need to find some accommodations that are outside of a casino hotel. I think that's pretty important. Like, what we've done in the past is we get an Airbnb off strip, and we each rent cars. Yeah. And that's been great. It's not only important for your peace of mind and your ability to relax at the uh, or like get away from the casino because, you know, if you're there for that long, there's going to be some bad days playing poker and you're going to want to get the hell out of there, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're going to want to be away from all that. And to have like a full house with a kitchen that you can cook in, it's great to have. And if so if you're staying for an extended period, I highly recommend that. It's definitely. really nice to be off the strip just yeah. in general. Too, and being like... able to cook, honestly, that's big for your bottom line. Food is not cheap necessarily in Vegas that frequently. You can find some cheap food. But it's a lot better if you can, the first night, go to the grocery store, get a bunch of stuff, and have stuff you can cook for the whole time. Also, it's just a lot healthier if you're going to be there for a while, yeah. honestly. Like, if you're going to eat, like, greasy food every day, all three meals, you're going to get fat and die. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be hard to find time to exercise when you're there. Yeah. You know, yeah, so for sure, if you're close enough to drive, you could drive. If not, you could fly and rent a car. I mean... It's just great to have that freedom and that mobility to get away from the horrible, crushing reality that is Las Vegas. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just kind of brutal. It is just kind of brutal. Yeah. I agree. Um, For those looking for a way to eat at the Rio on breaks, something that I discovered, and I hope they still do it, but what I've discovered in the past is the Starbucks just up the hall from the pavilion has sandwiches that are like eight or nine bucks, and they're like full big sandwiches, and they're not bad. Everywhere else is packed on dinner breaks. You can go there, get a quick sandwich. It's good. Um, something I used to do a lot was, uh, stop like, cause I'm driving from like an off strip home. I'll stop at like a uh, tropical smoothie cafe on the way, right. get a big smoothie, get a sandwich or a salad or something like that. Bring them in that you can bring food in. So it's fine. And you like, just, you can eat at your leisure. Right. Um, usually I'll like put the sandwich away and take it out a few hours later, but like drink that smoothie nice and slow and enjoy it. And everyone else is very jealous. Yep. It's a good deal. Right. And uh, if you haven't gone before, something you need to know as well is that the Rio is ice cold. It's freezing. While it's super hot outside, it's ice cold in the Rio. You're going to need a sweatshirt. Don't be the guy who spends $60 on a World Series of Poker sweatshirt. You're sitting down at the table with a World Series of Poker sweatshirt. I'm coming after you. Like, I'm coming after you, buddy. (laughs) As long as they know that, they can be that guy. Yeah, they can. They can invite it as long as they know that's going to happen. But that's just like when when you're at the World Series and you see that, it screams like poker tourists. I can take advantage of this person. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Um, okay. Anything okay. else we want to say here? Any other recommendations in general? Um, you know, I like Firefly, the restaurant, the tapas <laughs> place. Yeah. That's, that's right. That's good. really it's, close. It's pretty close. Um, something we should be saying before we get anywhere else is talking about nitrogen sports poker room, yeah. which is, it's a good play, way to prep for the world series. Play online. You Absolutely. Know, get some hands in and where we play is nitrogen sports poker room because it's a good site. It's a good site. We enjoy it. And we also have a Twitch stream that's going every Tuesday and Thursday, although it might not be during the series because we're going to be yeah. in Vegas. It's not going to be happening during it's the It's not going to be happening during the series. But there are Poker Guys exclusive sit-and-goes and free rolls and all sorts of stuff that's going to come up in the future. 
that you can get access to by using the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up for Nitrogen. There's only two sign-up details, username and password. Yep. It's really easy. It's Bitcoin only, lightning fast withdrawals. Wow, great. You nailed that whole thing. Anything else to say about Nitrogen? Um, we're big fans. We encourage you guys to play there, too. You can also, if you're if you're the type, there's other things you can do besides just play poker on Nitrogen. Oh, yeah? So there's other opportunities to... Uh, Get your gamble on if you decide you want to do that. Absolutely true. So just FYI. Make sure you use the link in the description. Got to use the link in the description. Otherwise, you know, it hurts you and it hurts us. It hurts everybody. Yeah. And we don't like that. No. No, we're, you know, we're egalitarian. We want everybody to be, I guess, if everybody's equally hurt, that's egalitarian. I don't want to be egalitarian anyway. I want <laughs> okay. to be, like, doing really well <laughs> compared to everyone else. Isn't okay, that, fair that's The American dream. Yeah, that sounds Just good. Just a little bit better than your neighbors. That's the American dream, right? Yeah, you don't want to have the best house on the block, but maybe you want the best house on the block to be, like, six houses down. Why can't you have the best house on the block? It's a classic real estate thing. You can rent the best house on the block, but you can't own it. Because? Because your value is not going to go up as quickly. Oh, interesting. Another tip in case you buy a house in Vegas for the World <laughs> Series of Poker. I mean, they're cheap. It's not the yeah. worst time to buy. It's not the worst time. No. Um, another thing you can do if you want to prep for the World Series of Poker is you can get coaching from us. Right. That's we, true. We, in fact, do poker coaching. We don't talk about it on the podcast we never or talk the videos. It. It's just something we kind of have. It's just there. It's, like, it's how we began this business was, in fact, to be poker coaches, which yeah. we were with that third guy I was talking about, Robert Brewer. We're doing that a lot every month and then decided, how do we expand this? Oh, we'll make a podcast. And then here we are. <laughs> then we're like, how do we expand the podcast? Oh, we'll make a video. And then each subsequent thing became more popular than the previous thing. We no longer promote the coaching, but hey, it's still there. Yeah, it exists. And we have a number of clients. You know, people reach out to us sometimes just asking if we even yeah. provide it. We do. If you want to get a little prep in, it's a great way to do it. It's not too pricey if you think about the value you're going to get in terms of like the number of tournaments you're going to play now and forever. Right. So you go to thepokerguys.net, and you click on the page called Coaching, and that'll tell you all the information you need to know. Yeah, there's pricing details. You can also just email us directly, and you know we can hook you up right. for money, of course. So, um, so let's talk about when we're going to be at the World Series this year. Okay. Because we're going to be there at the same time. The Poker Guys will be represented. Yes, we'll be representing. We'll be representing. Represent! So we're going to be getting there on June 10th, and we're going to be there till at I mean, least... You're getting there on June oh, 10th. Oh, you're getting there June 9th. We're not together at all. Okay, <laughs> whatever. I'm getting there on the 9th. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll be there till at least the 26th of June. Right. So hopefully longer. Hopefully longer. We might be in the main. We don't know what's going on Monster yet. stack. Hopefully one of us will go, both of us will go deep, yeah, whatever. That type of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, the main is possible. I would say it's not likely as of this moment, but by the time everyone's hearing this, we may know one way. Like We, we know for sure we're in the main. The major bracelet events I know I'll be playing, if you want to get a shot to sit at the table with me, are the... Millionaire Maker, the Marathon, and the Monster Stack. I'm definitely playing the Millionaire and the Monster Stack. I don't think I'm playing the Marathon, at least as of right now. Because you're not good enough. Right. Is that why? That's why. Yeah. That's absolutely why. It's a, it's a question of that. Self-esteem. <laughs> Um, you yeah, also so, you can also find me probably if I'm not playing in tournaments I'll often be at the Bellagio playing the limit hold'em games there twenty forty forty eighty oh yeah let's like make that. some recommendations on uh, which games to play around town cash games and other tournaments besides the World Series I mean do we know what other tournaments are really going on yeah I know some of them okay I, mean, I know some of the series at least like, can't they just Google that man they can. All right, go ahead. I'm, I just, you obviously have something you want to tell everyone. Just tell them. This is a personal recommendation. Okay. But I really enjoy the Win series at, oh, at yeah. the Win. They have a good $300 tournament every day, and every so often they have like a $600 tournament that's a two-day event. Yep. And the structures are pretty good. Agreed. Like really good, actually. You don't start with a ton of blinds, but it doesn't really matter. You start with like 100 blinds, but it's fine. The structure throughout makes it worth it, as opposed to the Rio Daily Deep Stacks, which 
I would say you should probably avoid for a couple reasons. Uh, number one, the rake is really bad. Uh, it's probably the worst rake on on the strip at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, the structure, although you start with 300 blinds, it goes fast. And by the time you get laid in there, there's not much to play with. However, you can win a lot of money in those. And the play is horrific. It is horrific, but the rake is real bad. Yeah. It's real so bad. It's, it's sort of it's a little bit of both. It's the it's the biggest money you can win in one of the cheaper daily tournaments. Right. But the structure is no good, and the rake is no good. The win is good. Uh, Planet Hollywood has a series that everybody seems to like. Yeah, I played in one of those uh, one of those tournaments a few years ago. Did pretty yeah. well. So if you don't really want to play a bracelet event and you want to play some like three hundred dollar tournaments, those are some good options. There's there. so many three to five hundred dollar buy in tournaments all around Vegas during the World Series. You can sort of you can basically be playing for I think six figures. Yeah. Every day for like five hundred dollars. Right. That's pretty sweet. And if you can avoid it, I would say now some of the time it's going to be soft at the Rio to play the cash games. But the situation with the dealers is that if you're going to play one three, especially the Rio has to take all comers as dealers are concerned. So because there's so many dealers they need. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're playing one three or two five at the Rio, sometimes you're going to get a dealer where you have to watch everything they do. And it kind of brutalizes your whole cash game experience. So if you can find a way to play other places, I might recommend that. Fair enough. I mean. You can always play at Bellagio. They've got good dealers there. Right. The win is pretty good for that as well, actually. There you go. Yeah. So and there's there's a million other poker rooms yeah. around. You'll be fine. Right. And you know, honestly, like you play at like Excalibur or something, that game is gonna be soft. <laughs> yeah, but like, do they insanely even have a game? soft. I mean, they probably have like a one two game or yeah. something. The Luxor has a one two game. Right. I mean, you, you can know, play that. Yeah. One table of the one two game. Just sit back and show them the nuts. That'd be my <laughs> recommendation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, just in general, when you're playing at the Rio, I'd say it's best to play just the World Series events at the Rio. Everything else, you can find a better version elsewhere. That's too bad. It's so nice to be able to. I used to play um, sit-and-goes and and events at the Rio and then just play the cash games at the Rio, and it was wonderful. Yeah. I love that back in the day. I've had some really bad dealer experiences in the 1-3 and 2-5 games at the Rio before. I've had some really bad dealer experiences in the World Series events before, but... Yeah. Yeah. In fact, let me tell a quick story about that as a way... To maybe close this podcast. This is a fun story. So we're playing. It's like four hours into some $1,500 event. And Grant, I know you've heard this story at least three times, but too bad. Somebody opens. Somebody calls. The flop is whatever the flop is. Somebody bets. One guy bets. The other guy calls. The dealer <laughs> The dealer takes the flop and puts it in the muck. Just picks it up and puts it in the <laughs> muck and starts putting all the cards together. And everyone says, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? What are you doing? Somehow he saw one guy bet, and he just assumed the other guy folded, even though the other guy put chips out and held onto his cards. And uh, <laughs> so, so that's a problem. But whatever. Things like that happen. Sure. So then the dealer is like, well, what was the flop? And people are trying to remember what the flop was and say what the flop was. And the dealer starts like trying to pull the flop out of the muck, but pulls several cards out of the muck. Because he does, someone says like a seven, so he like finds a seven and puts it down. It's like, we don't know if that was the seven, and we don't really know if it was a seven. So this goes on for like a minute and a half. It's a terrible spot for the for the whoever had a, if someone had a good hand, I feel I bad. I mean, for obviously them. when you're showing cards that aren't on the flop, that accounts for card removal from players' hands as well, and it changes all of your perception of your opponent's ranges and well, everything. Just wait then okay. if you're saying that. So the tournament director is called over, and he's like an older guy who seems like he knows what's going on, which is great. He's like, okay, okay. So what are you? What was the flop? And people say what the flops, and he takes the entire muck, and he flips it upside down and spreads it ac- out across the table and pulls out the three cards that people say were, were the flop, puts them down, takes all the cards in the muck, turns them back over. And I say, 
That can't be right. <laughs> now that anyone they can see all these cards that you know that means that their opponent doesn't have those cards. It wasn't even just the muck because the dealer put the muck in with his with the with the de- the deck. He put the entire deck out. So like if you had like Ace King, and there was like an if you, there was an Ace on the board, you can look and see if the other three Aces were out there. Wow. So I point that out, and the guy's like, all right, all right, it's a dead hand, it's a dead hand. But like the, everyone else was going to let that happen. Well, maybe they weren't. Maybe they're going to say something after I did. That is the most egregious thing I've ever seen in a World Series event. That's pretty personally. Bad. Like, it's one thing for the dealer to start to do that, for the tournament director to think it's okay to show every card in the deck to two people who are, have live hands is the most outrageous thing I've ever seen at a World Series event. That's pretty bad. It was at my table. So if you're playing World Series, hopefully that doesn't happen to you, yeah. you know? Hey, here's one other thing that I yeah. saw happen in a World Series. Not at my table, but two tables down. This, this happened in a $1,500 event, too. I think it was on day two. So, like, we were in the money, like, and it was, like, you know, $600,000 for first place. Yeah. There were, like, you know, 250 players left. It was getting a little serious. Some kid who had a huge stack was up against someone else who had a huge stack. The, um, on the river... One kid bets, and the other kid throws his cards up high to fold. Yeah. As they're in the air and they're going down, before they hit the muck, the kid jokingly says, I'm all in. And then the cards hit the muck. And the opponent says, I call. <laughs> and they stacked the kid. They were the two big stacks at the table. And wow. He got the, all the kids' chips, and the kid was out. That's insanity. Yes. Well, don't make jokes like that. Can you believe it? Like, if he just waited a half a second more, they hit the muck, he can say it, and then it's okay. But, like, the hand is... They're in the air. Better not to risk it, I think. Why would you ever mess around? You're trying to be so cool, you know? Like, it was very strange. By the way, the other thing interesting is uh, the table was was sort of ganging up on the guy who won that pot. Yeah. They were, like, saying how how unfair it was. No, come on. He did say, I call, really quickly. But once he says, I call, he actually can't give the chips back anyway. Like, he's forced to take the chips. Like, so... I mean, it's just a world. They're, they're playing for it. you're playing for hundreds of thousands of dollars. You're 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 supposed to turn it down. Like you're trying to take advantage of people's mistakes. That's as big a mistake as someone's going to make. Point is, don't do that, people. Yeah, don't don't make jokes that are going to turn out that way. That I, have, I have one little funny story. All right, good. Before we wrap it up, uh, this isn't really about the dealers or the player or anything like that. But it was the last time I played the monster stack. We uh, just finished dinner break. We're coming back. Everybody was in the money. Everybody was happy. And then the tournament director comes on. We're just tables and tables and tables of people. It's huge still, even though we're in the money. There's still like 1,300, 1,400 people there. And then and the tournament director is with this guy who looks like he's just fresh off of a Jimmy Buffett concert where he was drinking the whole time. Yeah. But he's in the tournament. And the dealer's like, does anybody know where this guy belongs? <laughs> because, because the guy didn't remember where his seat was. It was after dinner break. I yeah. think he went and got drunk or something. He didn't remember where his seat was. So for the next... 15 to 20 minutes every once in a while, he'd be the guy was like, I'm in this section. You know, each section that's roped off in the Amazon room or was it the Brazilian? It doesn't matter. It's like, you know, 40, 50 tables in each section, right? And the yeah, guy's like, yeah, I yeah. was for sure in this section. So the tournament director's going around. He's like, was this guy at your table? Was this guy at your table? He's over the announcer, uh, over the loudspeaker. Does anybody know where this guy belongs? <laughs> where does he belong? About a half hour later, the Tournament director's like, we found it. It was on the other side of the room. <laughs> the guy had said, like, the exact wrong quadrant and no idea where he was. That's great. Yeah. That's really good stuff. Yeah. Really good um, so before we go, like I said, we're going to be there for, you know, the whole middle of June chunk and maybe yeah. maybe for longer. If you see us, feel free to come up and say, hey, we'd, Absolutely. Love to, we'd love to talk to you. Maybe not if we're in the middle of a hand or something, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Come tap us on the shoulder. Give a wave. Well, you know, be happy to talk, take a photo, whatever you like. It would yeah. be great to see you. And if you want some coaching at the World Series, we can physically get 
lunch with you or something, and, and yeah. we'll do coaching sessions. I mean, again, for money, to be clear. Yeah, not for, for free. Yeah, of not course. Not for free. Same rates as online. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but absolutely, yeah, we'd be happy to do that, and we've certainly done that before. Right. So, anyway, that's our World Series of Poker Preview. All right. Hope you guys get lucky there. Yeah, hope we get lucky. Oh, that'd be better. every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm going to be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it home, and you're going to meet the dial tone. Cause girl, I'm hella